High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, where we have set out to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your hosts on this journey are Sherry Gideons and Pamela Aubrey. So let's join them now in their current interview with a high vibing individual. Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Nation, the number one positive media show focused on raising the vibe of the planet, a space for you to remember the power within you. It's a love revolution. I'm your host, Sherry Gideons, and this is my co-host, Pamela Aubrey. Welcome, everyone. Such a joy to be with you this evening and to have our very special guest, Erin Lomanjek. She is a highly sought-after business coach that transitioned to opening her own speakers agency. She is the leading authority on assisting purpose-driven entrepreneurs with monetizing their message, making an impact, influencing change, and inspiring action in others. Erin's approach is to speak to speaking is unique and powerful. She utilizes the psychology of connection to illustrate how you can unlock any audience's trust and rapport, which leaves them feeling better about themselves and challenged to adopt a new idea or perspective. Leaders seek her out to learn how to be more powerful in their influence, especially in the C-suite of organizations. Erin's clients rave about the powerful impact she has made on them and her ability to help them find the subtle nuances that can take your influence in speaking to the next level. Tonight, she will be sharing some of her secrets with us as well. So welcome to the show, Erin. Hi, guys. Welcome. Great to have you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Awesome. This will be so much fun. Well, and as you know, on this show, we love to talk about being high vibe. So tell us what it means to you to be high vibe. So I was so lucky growing up. I grew up in a family that was really open. And my mom and my dad were waking up to all of their gifts. And my mom, literally at four, was a concert pianist that was just channeling music. And so I never had someone telling me that what I saw, what I heard, what I felt was not right. And so I am an empath, I'm a psychic, I'm an open channel. You get, you name it, I've done it, I've experienced it, I've been a part of it. It's just all a part of who I am and how I, how I was raised. And then, you know, I was raised in very conservative North Idaho. So I was a little out there. It was a little new agey for people back then. But when I got out in the world and left here and went, went into bigger metropolitan areas, I would find pockets of my people. And I was like, yeah, I can be me. And it truly was. I didn't realize I was in my own spiritual closet for a while. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was doing everything and manifesting and teaching my kids, but I wasn't openly sharing it. And I was like, why haven't I? And so then I literally came out and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to fully use all of my gifts and be open about it. So that's what high vibe is to me, being in alignment so that you're doing your work that you're here to do on this planet and just really raising the vibration of the planet. Love that's it. So awesome. I love that. And I love that. I love that the most when I met you and I got to be in your presence and see how fun you are. And that's what I really loved that you, you know, helped me to tap into just in that very short time that we got to spend, you know, a week together. And so start us out with how did you find that voice in yourself and, and how did you come into teaching that to other people to tap into that voice and share that passion? 
Yeah. Uh, you never have a straight line, is it? Like I went, I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. So I went to be a dolphin trainer. Uh, and then they told me you just, you need a psych degree or a teaching degree. I'm like, psych, I love people. So I went that way. And then I was a business coach for many years and everyone kept seeing me speak. And they're like, how do you do what you do? You're so good at it. And I just love how you show up. And I was like, I don't know how I did this. Let me go figure it out. And so I literally went out and and discovered by hiring some of the top coaches in the world, what was it that I was doing that was very impactful? And so I was like, huh, okay, I can get out there and do this. And what really excites me is that every day I get up and it's not just about my message and it's not just my voice. If I can help both of you get your message out and if positively affect the world, I had a, a huge ripple effect that I just was a little piece of, right? But that mm -hmm. is how I wanted to change the world. And, and so it wasn't a straight line. It was literally, I was a business coach and it was getting painful. So here's one thing I do know. When my business gets painful, it's time to shift. It's time to pivot. And so I was like, okay, it's getting really painful. I don't understand why. And I heard, get in your lane. And I was like, so here's the way I talk to that big booming voice. I am in my lane. What are you talking about? <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, well, temper tantrum. And then I had the flip, the like the flip book of my entire life, how I was dancing on stages at two, how I was my first speaking engagement was my dad's funeral. Like it really became like something that I just knew that I was here to do, but I, I hadn't seen it before. And so I'm like, well, I haven't been trained in this. I'm not an actress. I'm not a vocal coach. I'm not, I don't know why, how you think I'm good at this. And so I literally called the people who were putting money together to work with me as a business coach. And I said, if you're no longer, if you're not going to be a speaker, I'm no longer coaching people who aren't speakers. Right. And that was so scary. And so I hung up the phone. I was like, okay. And this isn't a drive to California. And I was like, okay, I did what you said. Now what? And I'm like, you need to prove it to me because I just took a huge step. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> That's so and I literally walked into the bathroom at a Brenda Bouchard event. The woman's name said Grace on it. My daughter's name is Sophia Grace. And I said, oh my gosh, I love your name. My daughter, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, what do you do? And I said, I'm a speaking coach. For the first time, I said it out loud. And she says, I need to hire you. And I was like, okay, I get it. I hear you. <laughs> and that's how everything changed. Oh, I love that, girl. What a beautiful story. That is so great. Well, and, and I kind of wanted to ask you, so at what point, I mean, when did this become a vision? It wasn't always it doesn't sound like what you were planning to do <laughs> no you know there was i was doing personal development with size seminars and i'll never forget there was this exercise where on one side it's a point a to point b kind of thing and it was like declare something you want and i was like so my first declaration is i want 12 new people in my business or whatever it was then we get to the other side he's like okay what else do you want and i was like well like ten thousand dollars a month this was a long time ago so i was like eh, that sounded scary and then he gets to the other side and he goes, okay, what's the last thing you want? And I was like, I want to be a motivational speaker. And I went, did I just say that? <laughs> Me? Like, okay, all right. And sure enough, I still giggle with that man that, that helped me with that because he's like, look what you declared and look where you become. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought that. So even though I didn't believe it was where I was supposed to be headed, now I know more than ever. And when you do find that, don't be scared. If you're struggling in your business or struggling in something, that you keep going, you'll have signs. 
like whether to pivot, you know, when to pivot and things. And many times that's happened. I've pivoted multiple times in my business, either with just who my audience is or what I'm delivering to them. Mm -hmm. And in that, I have found the sweet spot. And when that happens, I'm telling you, I have phone calls that I don't even, people book on my calendar. I don't know where they come from. And they're like, I need to hire you. And I'm like, okay, where did you find me? Like, and so you know that I have a divine appointment setter when I'm doing what I'm here to do. And it just lines itself up for me. Mm. Amazing. I love that. I love that. And, it, and so it obviously brings forward the question, what are ways that you could help our audience tap into that inner voice inside themselves and activate that voice so that, that if they are looking to be maybe a speaker or tell their story, that they could figure out how to do that? Yeah. Your biggest thing is you are your client just a few steps behind. Like you go back to who you were before you had the solution. So in the beginning of my business, I was facing uh, eviction because I wasn't closing sales mm -hmm. and I was running around doing all this stuff and I was really busy, but nothing came to fruition because I wasn't closing the sale. And so what ended up happening for me is that's when I hired a coach because I was like, I need to know what I'm not doing right. And in that, I just started to go, okay, great. I, before I was this, what did I need? What was I searching for? What was I looking for? What gifts and talents have people asked me for my whole life? Your story, your life, everything you've been through validates that you should be speaking and sharing your story, whether that's in podcasts or interviews or books or it's speaking on stages. If you've gone through some stuff, that's not just for you. So don't be selfish. <laughs> I love to say that it's a little tough love, but it's happening. It happened for you, for other people, because through you, they can learn. And so if you go back, even as, as humans evolved, we used to share stories. We used to sit around a fire and be like, Hey, Sherry, don't eat the red berries. Cause Pam ate the red berries and she died. <laughs> right? right? We're too afraid. We're so afraid of being judged and ridiculed and criticized from our stories because it's probably not our beautiful, most magnificent time when you fall to your knees, right? And try to right. figure out what the heck is this. But at the same time, after you come through it, you're doing the world a disservice if you don't share what you figured out, what you discovered, how you did it. It doesn't have to be the right, the, the one way. Your way is not the only way. But if you don't share it, you're giving the finger to the to the universe mm. because there are people out there that are praying for you, that are manifesting mm. for you to show up in their life and to serve them. And they might not know where to find you, but if you start sharing your story, they'll know exactly who you are, that you're their person for them, and that you know the route to the top of the mountain. Oh, and wow. that's it. Mm. Love that. So how do people know how to start to do that? Like, where do you, what's the first thing you do? write down every single one of your stories. So now <laughs> I'm writing my book, The Spiritual Thought Leader should be out next year. And I'm, as I'm doing it, I'm bringing in old stories. I'm like, wow, I forgot that in my, I was in a car accident and had to teach myself to talk again. Hmm. Oh, I guess I should share that in my story. Oh, think about this time. Like my dad died when I, when I was 10 years old, my mom got malignant melanoma when sentenced to a year to live when I was 15. Those are obvious ones right? That you can go, Oh, those are big ones. But the other ones that you don't think about the small things, right? Even the story I just shared about getting in your own lane, right? Get in your lane. What lane are you talking about? 
But all of those things happen to you so that you can start to share that. So looking at all of your stories, start journaling your stories. If something triggers you, go, who, what was that about? What did I learn in that? Because that's a lesson, right? Mm -hmm. When our kids come to us and they go, mommy, um, I'm putting a plastic bag on my head instead of like freaking out. Like my daughter did this yesterday. That's why I'm bringing it up. And I was like, no, honey, we don't put bags on our heads. Well, why? <laughs> because when you put a bag on your head, then you can't breathe. And we don't want you to not breathe, right? She's five. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, no. I'm like, okay. But you know what I did? I remembered that from when I was a child. And my mom told me, and if there's a story, like my mom told me not to put bags on my head. Cause one time Johnny, the next door neighbor did that and he didn't live or whatever, you know, like not hurt, but we all share stories with our kids about what we learned through these lessons. So why aren't we sharing them as humans? I don't want you to struggle and suffer through the things I've str str struggled through if you don't have to, right? It's like, yeah. if you have the cure to cancer, would you keep it or would you tell people? Right. You have the cure to someone's cancer. Mm -hmm. So true. And it makes me think of the moments that I've been down on my own hands and knees and I've been bawling and crying. And, you know, when I walked homeless on the streets with my children and there was there's that ego side of us that says, I don't want to be out there telling people these kinds of stories because one, you know, they were painful experiences. And two, who wants to hear that kind of stuff? But there came a point in myself where I realized, you know what? I can meet people right where they're at from those stories and I can build rapport in a way that people know that I've felt those feelings and I've lived through those struggles, but I found ingredients to a recipe on the journey. And I love that you always talk about, you know, how you build rapport with your audience with those stories. Can you share a little bit about how people can actually go out there and tell yeah. their story? So one of the things is, like we said at the beginning, that stories is how we communicated as humans. This is how we survived, right, is sharing those stories. And yes, it can feel very insecure, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to tell people that um, I had to teach myself to talk again. I have to share with people. Let me just go back to one. So last September... I put on a big event in Palm Springs and I wanted 300 people to show up. It was this big thing. I did a whole speaking tour in California. I thought this is what I was supposed to do. And I had put on events for many years up in Seattle, but this was my first time taking it somewhere else. What ended up happening is 15 minutes before I took stage, there was a knock at the door and the hotel staff said, we need $15,000 more or we're closing your doors and you won't have an event. Mm. 15 minutes before I'm supposed to take stage. Wow. I have no, my credit cards are maxed because of that, the room and the food and beverage minimum and everything that I've done to get that. I'm like, can you wait till Monday? Because on Monday, people will buy and I'll have some money. And so I literally had to paint my body because I was covered in hives from the anxiety. And I didn't know actually how I was going to get through it. I did make it through those days. And I was actually, my event producer was a fraud and took me for 65 grand. Mm. It, was so painful. And I remember thinking, how the hell do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. Do I tap out? Do I quit? Do I? And I'm embarrassed to share it, right? Like, oh my gosh. And the speakers, I had to pay, I, and out of my integrity, started paying them back because I just felt so bad about what happened. And there was only, out of 175 people who registered, only 71 showed up. So it needed to be so blatant to me that <laughs> there was a problem here. I kind of seemed to have that effect. <laughs> but 
in that you could take that story and it be so sensitive and I, you have to heal the story first. So I needed to heal. What was that? Why did I need that? Why did I attract that? So that I, what lesson did I learn? And then what happened was I pivoted to really, the message I got was about helping women be seen and heard and taken seriously in male dominated industries. And so when COVID hit and everyone had to pivot and no one had answers, I was like, everyone's just like me. I just went ahead of everybody. I moved ahead of time. You prepared me for this now when back then I didn't see the point. So then I could start sharing that story because it was relevant to the people who were struggling. They needed it. It also gave me credibility like girl's done some stuff and she knows what not to do, especially as much as she knows what to do, right? And so when you share that, the thing that we forget is that stories are really, truly the deepest thing that we can connect with. When you sit with your girlfriend on the couch or bros sit at a bar and drink beers we and we tell our deepest, darkest things, we actually are unleashing our own oxytocin. And so it feels comfy and warm and, and it makes us feel good, even though it's scary to say you, you feel like the person next to you really can understand you and hold space for you, right? So you get really close with them. And then when you're telling your story in the right way, the other person can go, man, I felt that too. And they have their own me too movement moment, right? They're like, me too. I've been there. I've been on the floor. Like, what is this two by four to my head for? Right. And so when you share a story and you share how scared it was and how, how much anxiety you had and you share those things, you're like, oh, I've been there. Even though you might not have been on a stage and lost 65 grand, you've been where I was in my feelings. So when your audience gets into their feelings and their own story about their Me Too time, that's when they release their own oxytocin and now we're bonded. Mm. So when you share your story, you help other people get high on their own supply of neurochemicals. Oh, I love that. It's something that most people don't talk about. Like, oh, stories are so powerful. Stories are so powerful. They are, but you don't realize the neurochemicals that happen for people mm. when that's happening. And so that's where you bond. That's why you become like best friends when you share that you hooped your pants on the playground or whatever, right? Like <laughs> something like that. You you share that with somebody and you're like, oh, they still love me. Okay, now we're really bonded, right? So it's the same thing, even though on a stage or even if I was just on video telling you to, is that it's not a two-way conversation, but at the same time, you're in your own conversation, I'm in my own conversation, and now we're bonded. Isn't that amazing from a story? Yes. It really is. And it just makes me think, you know, how often do we have stories that we undervalue, that we just think, well, that, you know, just part of my life and don't really think twice about it. But then when it is brought before people and they have the opportunity to share in it, it can have this ripple effect. It really does. And the, the first time I really acknowledged that was when I had a miscarriage and I didn't know anybody that had like, openly explained that they had one, right? Shared that. And I remember being at an event with all women and we were supposed to dance. We were doing a dance mob. And I told the women, I said, I might cry in the middle of this. I'm still in postpartum. I'm still working through this, but I just had a miscarriage two weeks ago and I'm still working through it. But I want to be here because I need to move my energy. I need to move this feeling and I need to be surrounded by women. 
all those women came around and gave me a hug. And a woman afterwards, totally in tears, said, you know, I've never shared that I had a miscarriage. I had postpartum depression and I thought I was going crazy. And I said, me too. And so it was the first time that then I started realizing anytime I say that I've had a miscarriage in front of the room is like showing people you get more than half the room raising their hand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? No one tells us this. You think it's about you. And you think it's, all, you know, this negative thing about you, but you don't realize how common it is. And that's the same thing with all of the wounds we all have. All those stories, we all have them. They're just, they just look different. They're in different boxes. Mm -hmm. But that's what connects us. The stories connect us because we're all human. And the human experience, the three things that I say are the most important things to share in your story is what was I thinking? So if you're telling your story, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. How are these people going to come get 15000 I don't have it. I was thinking, oh, what if they have a cop come to my door because I haven't paid it? Do they get? Do I get caught for stealing? I didn't know, right? And I felt not enough. I felt like, who do you think you are, right? So what were you thinking? Now, what were you feeling? I was feeling devastated. I felt now the the next piece is how do I feel in my physical body? So when I shared that I had erupted into hives and had to paint my body to cover it up, you know what that feels like, right? So if you don't, as humans, we all know what thoughts are. We all know what feelings are. And we know what the physical things are. If I say it's so cold, your nostrils hurt when you breathe in, you're like, oh, I've experienced that, right? So again, those three things, it's the human connection, the human bond. And it doesn't matter what room I'm in. If I went and said this talk in China, I could still get them into their own story because it's really about the human connection. What was I thinking? What was I feeling? And what was I experiencing in my physical body? It, it cuts all the other stuff out, right? Those things are what you connected to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Aaron, obviously we understand this is his human nature. Why do you think we have to go through struggles? And then also as a thought leader, knowing what we know, how do you shift that around and speak from this language of telling people, Hey, you create your own reality. Hey, you're responsible for it, but do it in a way that you're able to spread that message to your audience, but not lose them at the same time. The woo-woo stuff. That's that's where I uh, had to change who I was. So mm -hmm. I used to be very righteous and wanted, and I thought because I heard what people were going through, I could feel it, I could sense it, I knew what was wrong with people. That's why I went to school to be a therapist. Come on, I was really good at it. <laughs> I thought it was my job to kind of like slap you in the face with it. Right. So not the right approach, right? And my mm -hmm. mom's like, "You have no tact." You. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." So what am I supposed to do? So now when I talk to people, the true thing is now people see that I see people at their highest and best. And if they're not acting like they where they should be and where they're going in this world, if they're being three dimensional and like really stuck in drama and all this stuff, I'm like, hey, that's who you say you want to be and where you're going. What are you doing down here? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it comes from this place of love. And I always say I love you enough to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. And what I'm telling you is this right? What my experience of you is not that you're living up to your full potential, that you're not being the thought leader that you say you want to be, that when people aren't looking, you're out of integrity, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll have that conversation, but it always comes with from my heart because I see you at your best and highest, not from a place of judgment. Before it was, hey, dumbass, like get up the scale. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Right? 
that doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so I think it's really important. And I think we all go through struggles because that's where we grow the most. When I am super successful, when I'm having $20,000, $30,000 months, I, I'm not learning. <laughs> Let's be real. I might be learning some things, but when it gets really painful, when I have like no money in the account or that there's no clients coming in, I'm like, hmm, what's happening? What's going on here? And so it's something to start looking at. It's aware awareness signs. But also, like I said, every time I have a breakdown, I have some, I have a crisis of confidence. Guys, I have them too. We all do. And like, that's what I'm writing in my book. We're, no one's alone. You don't escape it. It's still there. It just, you get better and better at dealing with it. Mm -hmm. My crisis of confidence, there's times where I'm just like, I don't know. But then when I go, it's like, that means that I'm on, on the route to a breakthrough. And that means I have something new to share with my audience. So for me, I know that everything negative that happens, that perceived negative that happens to me, around me, I go, it's happening for me so that I can help those people who need it. Mm -hmm. And if you can really look at your life that way, instead of the poor me victim, you'll really come out on top. And if after you heal the story, you start sharing the story, you will see that people in troves are just driving like, oh my gosh, I hear you're the best person at this. And it happens. And and I know that a lot of women are really struggle with not wanting to like the stories they want to share. They're like, well, I don't want to tell about when I was raped or something, you know, traumatic, really deep for them. But let me just tell you, nobody wants to like be coached by a perfect person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the thing where you have my two of my friends are um, our personal stylist. One is a size four and one's a size 12. I like going with the size 12 because guess what? When I'm in the store and I'm like, man, I think I want to wear some Spanx and when my Spanx broke down and how does my back fat look? Like she gets me, right? <laughs> right. This person is perfectly put together and has no problems and no nothing. Uh, she can't teach me anything, right? Right. And she, doesn't, she can't, I can't relate to her in that way. And so it really truly is those things that we have shouldn't be hidden it's, it's a part of who you are. And I, I knew this at 10 years old and I think people thought I was crazy. Um, but I'll never forget when people say, if we could have a magic wand, what would you wish for? And they're like, Oh wait, I bet you would always wish for your dad to be back. And as much as I do, and as much as I would, I don't know who I would be without that story in my life and what I, what, who I was built from that. Like, that's my origin story. Like if you take that story away, who am I? And will I figure this out in this lifetime or not? Right? Like you got to think about it from that place, not a place of judgment, but just as a place of, wow, if that never happened, where would I be? Mm -hmm. If I never, mm -hmm. the voice didn't get loud enough to leave my fiance who was being emotionally abusive, where would I be? Right? Like those kinds of things. And so that's why we have to share it. And it takes away the shame when you start sharing it. The power is gone. You take back the power. Well, and that kind of leads to my next question. That is really powerful in and of itself. How do we sort of navigate that fear around putting ourselves out there and telling these kinds of stories? You just go do it. It's really that you do it and you might do it with a friend sitting in the room and there's a video camera. It could be alive by yourself surrounded and, you know, and just praying. And, and after you're done, be like, you know what? I shared it. I am done. I release it. And there is something to be said about you just sharing it out loud. It does release the power for you. Mm -hmm. And 
Let me just tell you guys, like I'll bring up one that I normally don't bring up because I can't ever figure out how it relates. But if we're talking about something sensitive, I have a DUI from 1999 and I was spent 10 days in jail. Okay. And those, and, and it was a very, like my ex-boyfriend's mom was the jailer. Like there, it got drama. Oh, wow. I, I could write a whole story on that. And when I share that, it could decredit me because people are like, oh, she's, she's been in legal trouble. At the same time, you're like, if you knew that I was in an abusive relationship, that I had just left, that I was a total emotional wreck, that I was so drunk I didn't remember getting in my car. I even took my shoes off so I wouldn't drive in my car. Like all of these things, right? Like when you hear all this stuff, you're like, oh, I can see why, right? That doesn't say that the person sitting here isn't better or worse than that girl. I just learned from that mistake. Mm -hmm. And now I can share about it and not be, I don't have any shame around it. It is what it is. And it, it's a part of who I am and a part of the, 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 what is it? The threads that weave together that bring me to who I am. Um, do I want to go back and revisit that? No, I'll pass. But at the same time, it doesn't, as I say it, nobody's looking at me and going, Oh, I'm tuning out. She's been arrested. Like, so it's like the stupid thing that we do to ourselves. We think it's so much bigger than it really is. And when you share it, people go, oh, I've been arrested too. Oh, I got a DUI too. I'm like, see, me too again. Right? So just start doing it. There's nothing to be scared of. If you don't like, and this is the thing, if because I have a DUI or because my dad died or because something, one of my other stories, if that just takes you away from being my person, Great. I'm glad we sorted it out now instead of later. Like your stories and your perspective should get people to choose in or choose out. And when you have a polarity of that, you're attracting the right people. And let's be real. You will be judged and criticized and ridiculed by the people you don't want to serve or not ready for you. But maybe you're just there to, to drop a little seed for them that that is something that they need to look at. But not your, not your circus, not your monkeys, right? You want to serve the people that really do resonate with you, that it doesn't matter what stories you tell, no matter what you've gone through, they're with you no matter what. Mm -hmm. That's the important piece. So just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that message because that's been the message of my own journey as well, because my, you know, my bottom was so destructive and so demeaning to myself. And then when I awakened, all I wanted to do was share the story and so just like you described, you know, the people who weren't my inner circle, they laughed at me, vilified me, spit upon me, called me crazy, called me scary, Sherry, you know, the whole shooting match. But as I stepped away from that and I really connected more with, you know, who was the real Sherry? You know, what did she love? I mean, over the top, silly, playful, giggly. That's the real Sherry. So for our audience and those who are just starting out, let's say whether let's use examples is an audience, you know, a live audience or even right here, you know, coming live on StreamYard or, you know, yeah. Zoom. how would they start out sharing their message in a way where they could tell the story, you know, to help people receive that message and not just be talking a talking head? Yeah. So the, the main thing is, is to sit down and think about what are the most important things. Now, the most important things, not to you, <laughs> the most important things for the audience. Mm -hmm. Always think of the audience in mind. I was reading somebody's marketing tools today and I'm like, it was I, 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 me, me, me. And I was like, stop. Mm -hmm. You need to make this we and us. And because 
you feeling it and your audience is attracted to you for it. So they're also feeling it. So why aren't we speaking that way? So A, that's one. So think about what's most important to the audience. Because a lot of times if we tell our story, it's like, I got up, I brushed my teeth, I put my shoes on, I went to the store, like I, I, I task list. And if you share your story, when I say, you know, I woke up and before I put my feet on the, the floor this morning, I thought, man, today could be a good day. I'm going to make today a good day. And as I walked to the bathroom to brush my teeth, I was feeling, you know, ex excited about the day. And I was excited to like who I was going to, who I was going to serve today. And then as I went to the, to the, my car to get in the car, ooh, it was so cold outside because it was snowing and I had to scrape the ice off the window. All of a sudden, I told you a story about nothing, but somewhere in there, you, you related because we talked about thinking, feeling, and the physical experience. And so by that, by using that, you know, the kind of cold when, see how I said that? I didn't say I was so cold that my nostrils hurt. I said the kind of cold that when you, right? So that it's then in like enrolling everybody into the, the main idea. And then the, the last thing is, what do you want them to see, think, feel, or a new perspective for them to have after hearing you? Because that's not about you. Is if yours is if I do this talk, if I do this this talk and I sell into my book or whatever, that's about you. What's in it for the audience? That's the only thing you should be thinking about. Because when you think about them, you'll get the book sales. When you speak to them that way, you'll get the book sales. Mm -hmm. Right. So really coming from a place of we're all in this together. And if we are, how do I uh, like challenge them? So I do a lot of TED Talk stuff. At the end, you have to challenge your audience to take on a new perspective. If this is your perspective, let's say Brene Brown, she talks about, you know, belonging, right? And shame. So if she says at the end, I want people to realize that the voice that they hear is not them, that they can ignore it and that they can choose differently. So then when they leave the audience, they're like, wow, I don't have to listen to that voice and I can choose differently. Okay, that's what I'm going to start doing. So they adopt the new idea, right? So think about that when you're talking. I always think most people come to me because they think they need more speaking gigs. And let me tell you guys, you don't need more speaking gigs. You need to close more of the room. But when I do share that, I share that you can go from you can go to my website and go to 10kfromanystage.com, get a free blueprint that shows you how you build up to a, a talk or even a Facebook live or any of those kinds of things in different groups that you can build the know, like, and trust and make money along the way. And I, and that's what I show. And not only do I just give you the blueprint, I, I walk you through the training and, and to the, through the blueprint and show you my actual numbers. When I spoke here, this is how many people were in the room. This is how many people are in Facebook live, this many people. And it really gives you a good analogy of that. So it's again, using your own experiences to show the audience what's available to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, again, goes back to what did I go through? What was my process? How can I share that process so that other people can adopt that process and have better results? It's easy in that way when you break it down that way. So are there differences then between doing this, say, on a live as opposed to doing it live in person? If yes, there's one thing. So right now you can see me moving my hands. You can't, you don't know what I'm doing though, right? So your brain right now, this is why we're all zoomed out. 
because your brain right now is trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Your amygdala is kicking off and saying, is she friendly? Is she going to hurt me? Even though I can't physically touch you or hurt you in any way, your brain still is like, is she a danger? Is she a danger? Is she a danger? Right? So right now you can't see that. All I'm doing is this underneath my screen, but your brain is working overtime. So if you are doing Facebook lives and things like this, make sure they can see more of your body. You've seen my hands probably more than you would if it was even standing. So if you can have your video camera farther back that people can take in more of your body, take in more of your body language, then our brains aren't working as hard. So that's a one thing that you do have to change because we're tired of seeing this just floating head. I'm just talking to my screen. I'm not doing anything, right? Oh, there's something in my background. So you're looking at my background, right? But that, that is what distracts us, right? And that's not conducive. But yeah, you can literally think about, all right, if point A is where my clients are right now. So let's say at the beginning, I talked about facing eviction at the beginning of my business. If those people, I'm speaking to those people that know what it's like to go out there and, and be doing meetings, maybe even doing speaking engagements and not getting clients, I know what that feels like. I know how painful it is, right? You speak to that. And then if you know that you want to share with them, hey, I created a program for that. Here's the solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as going. So let me tell you about the story. And on my journey up, like Sherry was sharing, on my journey, I learned all these things. And in that, then I created, you know, like I have now teaching people how to do events because I know what it's like to not to lose money and then to have two business partners that rocket events, like all of that. But it also was my journey too. I never want someone to be on their knees. Like I was that door, that knock on that door. I never want that for anybody else. I will do whatever it takes to protect people from that because it was miserable. So by that I say, so that's why I created the Epic Online Experiences, right? And so that really becomes something simple and easy. The problem is most people feel like they're too salesy. Mm -hmm. But all you're doing is giving a solution to a problem. If Sherry said, hey, I don't like my hair being so flat on the side. I'm like, oh, you got to try this volumizer. I got this volumizer. You should try it. We don't think that's salesy. So why <laughs> is it when it's about us and our solution that we get all weird and, and, and crazy about it? It's just like, dude, you got to use the stuff, man. And so they're like, great. So just think about your solutions to the problem as here, try this, right? Here's the solution I found. Mm -hmm. I think part of it comes down to, you know, where a person is in their own, you know, money, money mindset issues. And, you know, because money plays that huge role. And on one level, they know they need you. They know they want you and it's figuring out how to talk around that money issue sometimes with people in a, you know, cause I like, I used to do strategy sessions with people and it was in those strategy sessions. I was able to figure out where their pain point was and then talk around that. But it, they kind of got to a place where I really stopped liking doing that. And I wanted to be able to talk in a whole new way from the stage that caused people to want to go back to the back of the room and like buy right away kind of thing. So speak to that with, with coaches and how they might be, you know, struggling in their money mindset issues. The first thing you do is you hire a coach. Mm -hmm. I said this like 10 times today. I don't even know why. Like today is like the, the theme of the day and tomorrow I'm actually okay. doing my own, I'm doing my own break <laughs> around other things around the money, money, my, you know, it just goes deeper and deeper, right? I've leveled out and now it's time to go deeper into one. 
But what I've noticed is this, is that if the minute I hired a coach that next month, I doubled my, my profits. Here's why. A, I knew, okay, I have to make at the time, I have to make $3,000 a month for everything that I need from our family. And then I need to pay another $1,000 a month to her. So I need to make 4,000. That kept me accountable. I need accountability. And so at that 4,000, I was like, okay, I got to make 4,000. And so I could not not pay her, right? I had guilt and shame and all these things, right? So in that, I, A, made more money. B, it gives you the opportunity to say this. Cherry, I know that it feels really expensive to work with me. And I know that that's, that's what's coming up for you right now. And I want you to know I understand story. I was there too. When I was, when I first hired a coach, I had no idea how I was going to come up with the money. And what I did was I sat down and came up with what would my life look like if I didn't hire a coach and continued my process? What would it look like if someone had the solution? And I came up with, I wrote down 50 ways I could come up with the money. And I did it and I accomplished it. And from that, I learned so much about my own money concepts. My own things were getting in my way. And I was able to overcome them because I was able to take that step. And so I really want that for you, right? And so that's the story. Bring that story back in. So it also gives you that me too moment again. People going, okay, yeah, she she understands because she's been there too. And when you can walk them through an objection... And this isn't about salesy, sleazy sales stuff. This is if you can stand on those hot coals, like the thing that you walk on hot coals, you can stand there with somebody and say, let's do it. You lock arms and you walk across those hot coals together. They realize, A, you just co-created an experience with them. They know exactly what to expect when when they come up to a obstacle in their way, how you're going to coach them through it. And now they already have a little success in, in the bucket already. Right. So that's the place that I think people are, are struggling with because they don't, they're just afraid. To, like you say, I didn't really want to have that conversation more. Well, because sometimes it gets old. It but does if, get old. <laughs> if you also know that if, if the only thing they did was break through that mm-hmm. and they got a seed and you left them and they didn't, they didn't hire you, didn't come back to you, never, you right. knew you did something. And I know that that is what I'm here on this planet. I, people either love me or they don't. And I'm totally okay with that. And the people who love me are my biggest fans or my biggest advocates or my biggest referral partners and the people who aren't, I don't really care. Right. And so don't, don't get hung up there. Just be you, do you, and keep solving those problems for people. And just know that those people that I did turn off and turn away, they have a little seed in them that's going to eventually go, you know, I really didn't like that girl, but I do now. Like all of a sudden when that growth hits for them, they'll remember. People come back to me like, oh, I remember you told me to do this years ago and somebody else told me and then I did it. And I was like, why didn't I listen to Aaron? Exactly. So just know that that's a part of the process and it's a part of the process, which is great as a coach, walk people through the fire, be a firewalker. I love it. That's so great. So how do you kind of overcome your own fear in the very beginning? You know, when you're just, it's your first few sales, you know, those first few conversations, how do you get past that? Like, here's the part where I have to make the sale. (laughs) First and foremost, don't position it that way for yourself. 
again, if you reframe it, that you're just handing somebody the solution. This is the magic pill. You should take it. It costs $3,000 and it'll take six months to work. And that's how we can get started together. Right? Right. If you start it as a conversation, like I don't pitch or I don't offer anything unless somebody asks. Today, I got down to two minutes left and the lady goes, okay, so you've to I've totally resonated with you. I know I want to know how to work with you. And I knew I had to jump to a live training in that two minute, at that two minute mark. And I said, how about this? How about we set up a different conversation for that? I'll send you some homework ahead of time. You can kind of get your concepts in your head, really set down. Then we can jump on a call and we can really have that conversation. But it's an offer. It's like an invitation and an offer. And I don't say invitation because that word, it's wishy-washy. Let's be real. If I know that I have the cure to your problem, why am I being wishy-washy about it? That's not serving anybody, right? So I'm going to mm -hmm. say, you. my suggestion, Do you? are you open to suggestions about how you can overcome that? I think what we should step into is I recommend you working with me for six months. And here's what we're going to do. How does that sound? They're like, that sounds great. Awesome. So do, do you want to pay by credit card or debit card today? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, it's just the same thing. I'm just selling you the pill, the magic pill. Why are we so weird about it? Yeah, yeah I, I love that. I mean, it's like we don't go to, you know, we don't go to Sally's to get hair stuff. And they're like, I, you know what? I think you should really get this because it's going to be so helpful. And, 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 you know, they're not panicking like they have to make a sale to us, right? It's just like, no. oh, yeah, the stuff is here. Check it out. Find what you want. And we'll be at the cash register. <laughs> yeah. And if you can come at it like that, if you're thinking about when people are like, oh, no, I'm just looking. Great. Look around. Right. Release. the. Right. This is this is huge right now. I'm just getting how big this really is. So if you really release the the um, intention that it has to be a sale, if you release the, the end results, do you know how faster it comes to you? So much faster. So just release it. Like, great. Look around. I'll be over here when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And it really truly is get out of your damn way, people. Like it's not about you. And you know, one of the things that helps me as well is when I know that I'm working with somebody like say, Sherry, I know that you have an audience you're here to serve in this world. If I don't put your feet to the fire and I don't have you sign up with me, I am doing them a disservice and I'll be clear and tell you that I'm not just standing here for, for you because this isn't about me and this isn't really about you. This is about the people you're here to serve. And if I don't help you serve them better, you won't, you, you won't. And that's not fair. And I won't do that. God didn't put me on this planet for nothing. Right. And so if we just talk like that on a regular basis, people love me for that. I just shoot the truth. Right. Sure, I can attest. There's times where I'm like, this is really uncomfortable, but I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> and that's what that's what changes everything. And when you're in alignment with what you're here to do, it's not like I'm selling something that's sleazy or that's like going to hurt somebody. It really will change the world. And I know that if that's how I change the world, by getting you to serve bigger and better, I get to bank a bigger ripple effect in the world. I'm not going to let that go. It's a little self selfish in that way. But at the same time, it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about the people who are here to change and the planet. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I love And I love the idea of you using the word breakthrough because, you know, I have a, I'm in this mastermind group, for example, and there's this woman that's just absolutely so gifted, so amazingly gifted. She's just an incredible singer um, she stepped into being a coach. She's really answered the yes to that calling. But then there's 
you know, part of the circle, a part of her circle that says, oh, you need to go do something else. You need to do this because you're doing that and you're good at that. But she doesn't want to do that anymore. Her passion is about being a coach and she's an amazing singer. And so when you talk about breakthrough, I mean, I'm hearing, I'm like praying, please let her be listening to this because I mean, think to that about just for a second, just in case she is listening, because I mean, this would be so beautiful, but yeah, she's amazingly talented, but there's these other group of people that are telling her that she shouldn't go do that. I got the best thing for you. Okay. Tell us. Never take feedback from people who don't have the results or the life you want to live. No one else gets to say, no one else pays your bills. No one else is in your home at night and keeps you laying there when you're awake at night. No one gets to say that unless they have the results you're looking for. That's when I I don't take feedback from my mom. Mom, I love you, but she has no idea how to run a business. She's been a nurse for 43 years. She does not know how to run a business. So she can't tell me how to run my business. She can't tell me what I can offer and what I can't offer. She can't tell me what to price. I remember when I told her my price, at the first time she was like, who the heck would pay for that? And what I heard was who the heck would pay you for that? But <laughs> there's another thing I had to, we worked through that. Um, but at the same time, like she doesn't get to say those things because she doesn't have the results. Like that's why you find mentors. You hire coaches, those people, you take results, you take feedback from not people that don't have the results and aren't in the ring. Right. Like, uh, what was it? Teddy Roosevelt said, like, if you're not in the ring, like and getting marred in the face and blah, blah, blah. You don't get to say, mm-hmm. right. And so that's the same thing. You just tell people, thank you so much for your feedback. I'm going to continue doing what God told me to do. Mm-hmm. And they can't deny that. Right. Like, what are you going to say? No, God's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but we're afraid to do that. Cause we're afraid that we're going to stir the pot, but stir the pot, stand for what you're here to do. And just don't take feedback from people who don't have the results or are your ideal client. If they are your ideal client, take feedback. Oh, I didn't like when you, on your sales page, it was up here and not down here. Great. If that's my ideal client, I better move that because I just got marketing feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. But other than that, don't take, don't take feedback from people who don't have the results or the life that you want. Well, I told her, I said, listen to your own inner teacher. I said, because your inner teacher is always going to guide you towards your highest good. But then there's also people in her circle who have achieved results and are like at a much higher platform. But how do we not know that they're speaking from their ego when they're telling her, okay, hey, you need to be over here and stay in this lane when this lane is not even as big as she wants to step into that she's ready for? Yeah. I think it's also feeling that if somebody says something, so here's the things I kind of sort through when someone says, I don't like your shirt. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, well, that's a personal preference. But if I was like, I can't believe I don't like my shirt. Maybe I don't like my shirt. What's wrong with my shirt? Right. It's like, okay. So if you tell me I'm fat, I'm going to be triggered. You tell my sister she's skinny. She's triggered because she's tiny. And so it's our own buttons. Right. And Mm -hmm. if someone pushes your button, it's your decision to go, Hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for triggering that for me. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. At the same time, okay, so I have some work to do because it, it I shouldn't be triggered by this anymore. If mm-hmm. I do the work on it, I shouldn't be triggered anymore. So great. I have some work to do. But B, go, okay, what was the intention? And what I've noticed is I did personal development where we had to give feedback and it was really like um, no explanation. It was like um, player, uh, team player, not a team player. That's it. And you have to walk away or yes or no. 
You don't get to explain anything. You just look at them and say, Pam, no. Sherry, yes. And you just keep walking. So what, <laughs> what happened was when I went back to the people who said no to me or the people who said I was not a team player, they were like, well, I didn't like the way you, you voted me not a team player. So I voted you. And you're like, really? That's why I got voted for that. And I'm like, mm, so it's not about me. Half the time, it's not about us, guys. It's about them. So stop thinking it, right? Like, if it triggers you, great. Figure out you need to do some work for you. Awesome. Self-awareness is huge. But if not, who cares? Like, then you find out it's something silly. You walk by me. Or I didn't like the color of your shirt, so I called you not a team player, right? Like, sometimes that's as silly as their minds have created for them to say those things. And then later they go, that was stupid. <laughs> So well, I love that you bring that up, too, because I think, you know, we don't really realize that the majority of the time people are projecting anyway. So, you know, something that they dislike about you is probably something they just dislike about themselves. Or it rings up, you know, maybe it reminds them of someone in the past who did something terrible. I mean, you know, it, it rarely is actually about you anyway. Nope, it isn't. You remind me of my mom. Sorry, I don't I didn't do that. <laughs> it wasn't my intention. <laughs> no, it's, it's important. And I think that we just give people, and I'm a people pleaser at heart. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like when people don't like me. I don't like when other people don't like each other. I tend to get involved in there and be like, this isn't going to happen. Like, can we just be grown ups and have a grown up conversation? Mm -hmm. um, because conversations and coming from curiosity instead of ego is always the way that helps shift that to being an attack. I'm really curious. The woman I met wouldn't have told me she didn't like me or that I'm not a team player because of my shirt. So I'm really confused because I'm getting two different versions of you, Sherry. And people are like, oh. Uh -huh. And they go, you know what? You're right. I was having a bad day that day or whatever, right? It's not about us. So stop making it about us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great so point. So true. And, you know, I think that too with myself is I become better in communication. And there's that willingness inside of me to look at myself and look at where I play a role in anything. And, yeah. and, and then a lot of it too is, you know, I use this procedure called uncurving. And a lot of it is, you know, my own green stuff. And so I let that come up and then I look it in the face and I always tell it, thank you. Thank you. I know your real name. It is love, <laughs> you know, and I uncurve the energy, but I know how to do that now. I mean, in my seeking to discover more about me, I've found tools that really have aided me in really getting back into that heart centered space and just grounding myself in the moment and, and the willingness, like I said, just to plain simply look and, and see, you know, what's this revealing to me? Yeah. And when, when you do hit, anytime you hit that breakdown, always remember it's a breakthrough. And, and if you think of it like this, is that as kids, and this is the emotional spectrum, as kids, we go from like super excited, like Disneyland excited, to like throwing our temper tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, throwing a fit, no, nah, I want a cookie. So we do these extreme, those are our actual emotions. And we all feel those at that, that extreme, we feel those as humans. As we go through life, we're like, oh, that person hurt my feelings. I don't want to feel that ever again. So what we start to do is we start to numb out our feelings and then we become flatline. So then a lot of times when I'm like, wow, if I'm down here, guess how far up I get to go? 
right? And so if you start looking at it from that place and knowing, man, this is the darkest night of my soul, there must be something amazing on the other side of this or I wouldn't be going through it, right? And to know that at least you're not flatlined because the whole planet, most of the planet is that flatline, just survival, and especially right now on the planet. So know that if you're having those feelings, you're having that, know that you are better off than some people and not from a judgment place, but just knowing that, you know what? I like having emotions because that means I am more healthy than someone that's not. Yeah. So true. So true. So powerful. And I think so many people out there, you're right, really needed to hear these messages tonight. I mean, I really just feel like we spoke to a lot of people and, you, and in particular, your message is really going to reach a lot of people because it really has been a challenging time. And these are times when people are really like looking at themselves, looking at their stories, looking at their lives and assessing them and reevaluating, you know, where am I going from here? And so I just appreciate so much what you shared with us and with the audience tonight. Yeah. The story, you never know what comes out. Like it's really, truly, I'm like, tell this story. Okay. I guess I'm telling my jail story right now. Like <laughs> sometimes that's all I do is I just, okay, I'm following a humble servant here and I just do it. And every time I do that, guys, I will tell you, I'll be in the middle of a stage. And so we'll, I'll say, why do I have to talk about my dead dog story? And somebody will come up and I'm like, that's the story I needed to hear. And you're like, oh, you're the reason I told it. But you have to trust that instinct inside of you. You know that there's, mm -hmm. you know, when, when that came up for me, I'm like, okay, I normally don't share my jail story, but let's go there because you want me to share it. I'll share it. <laughs> and, and so knowing that, that somebody heard it, that somebody needed to hear it or will hear it in the future is you just get to be okay with that. And like, then I did my job on this planet because I shared, I shared my story. I shared my life. I shared parts of me that, you know, I might've been afraid to but it's out there. Love well, that. And that really comes down to very much how I've lived my life the last six years. And that's living in the moment and being present in the moment and listening. I mean, you really touched on that when you said, listen, and then it's once again, stepping into sharing that message, even if it feels uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, that even if you're feeling uncomfortable, guess what? You have feelings again. You should be like, yay, I'm having feelings. Can we just celebrate <laughs> having feelings? Like, why is it such a big deal? When my daughter starts throwing her temper tantrums at five, I'm like, it's okay to have feelings. Feel your feelings. When you're done having your feelings, we can have a conversation. But right now, I can't understand you. You're like, <laughs> Mommy can't understand you. So have your feelings, experience those feelings, get it all out, and we'll move forward. And if someone would have told me to feel all my feelings and not to shove it down, I would not have probably been in jail for a DUI years yeah, and years and years ago. Tell the right? story. Tell the story right. about cut her all her Barbie doll hair recently. And tell yeah. that story. So here's the thing, guys. Like we're talking about, all your stories matter. Sometimes I post things that I'm like, no one really cares, or this is funny, or whatever. So my daughter got scissors while I was gone on my trip and my sister gave them to her because we're homeschooling. She decided in the quietness of her own room to go in and start cutting her own hair. Oh, by the way, she just walked in the room. Um, so, um, so she decided to cut her own hair and bangs and say, hi, <laughs> you embarrassed. Hi. And so you can see over here, she cut all this. Her Barbie had like, just like three strands sticking out. Um, she stopped when she was like, 
Uh, and her little bangs were all short. So I, and I wrote in there that in that moment I said, okay, Sophia, we all make mistakes sometimes. So what do we say to ourselves when we make mistakes? What do you say? As long as you learn from your mistakes, it's not a mistake anymore. And so we, we had a conversation about that and she was just like, okay, I'm good. And so truly, if you share something like that on social media, I got more likes and, and hearts and people like they, cause they also want to see that part of me. I'm the same person that you see here that I do with my kids and I'm on stage. I'm just me. And so people get to know a different part of you right now. You're getting a different part of me because you all get to see me with my daughter it adds a different layer, a, a deeper layer of people loving you for who you are. And so share those things with them. It's important. Oh, absolutely. Oh, love that. Well, so glad you could be with us tonight too, Sophia. Yes. <laughs> so Aaron, for our podcast, go ahead and speak your website and where they can go and get the free gift. Yeah. So if you want to learn how to make 10K from any stage, all you have to do is go 10K from any stage.com and you will get the blueprint and a, and a little training video to walk you through it. And then if you want any of my free resources, any ways that I have my podcast up there, as many ways as you want to participate, you want to know more about TED Talks, there's a whole free training on my resources page. You can go to AaronLomanJack.com. That's E R I N. L O M as in Mary, A N as in Nancy, J E C K.com. And you can get all of those free resources. Find other ways that you want to come play with me or find other things I'm talking about. Feel free. Awesome. Thank you so much. Pam, go ahead and share with our audience how they can reach us at the High Vibe Nation. Of course, you can find us on the web at thehighvibenation.com or on Facebook at the High Vibe Nation or on Instagram at the High Vibe Nation. Wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for being in our audience today. As always, we are live here on Facebook and YouTube on Monday evenings at 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time and on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So you have an amazing rest of the week. Until next time, make it a good one. Night, everyone. Bye. From everybody here at the High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at www.thehighvibenation.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and keep high vibing.